Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. My name is Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Ollie. And whoa boy, have you come to listen to the podcast on the right day. It is the right day, and it's the right podcast, as we were just right. discussing. <laughs> right day, right podcast, because you're gonna you're gonna leave you're gonna turn off this podcast having all the answers you need to everything. I, oh man, I think they just turned it off right now. And Pastor that, Holly's going to yeah, tell you. Right. That I, that's right. That's right. Um, I've got nothing there. Pastor nothing Holly's going to tell everyone the meaning of life. The meaning of life. You've come to the right place. But we just Maybe? had like a like a thirty minute conversation before we hit record about this, and at the end we were kind of like, "So what are we talking so, about? So yeah, how do we make do we- <laughs> this clear? Because it's really unclear." Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, we want to be clear that this is unclear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some things about it can be unclear. Uh, the uh, so if, I think everything we've said so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is unclear. <laughs> if you uh, saw the title of this podcast, if you listened to the message yesterday, then you know we're talking about the idea of life. Yeah. Today. <laughs> So we're having fun with that. In fact, speaking of having fun with that, um, we were talking beforehand about a couple of cool things that like just came to our mind when we when we uh, are talking about the idea of life. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, yesterday in our services, we uh, are our it was Move Up Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and what we mean by Move Up Sunday, I know a lot of churches do this, which is we honor the students that are graduating, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's uh, college or or high school. And then we celebrate the students that are moving from like children's ministry mm-hmm. into youth ministry. So yeah. it's like a it's a move up slash graduation Sunday, and it's like, all right, you guys are really doing it. It's super fun. <laughs> you keep getting older. You keep getting, you're doing life. It's so great. <laughs> it's a big deal for especially like our high school graduates, right? Because oh, they're yeah. like really heading out into the world as like stepping from those childhood years to adult, and it's yeah. that's a pretty abrupt step. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it does in a way feel like it's a, it's a whole new stage of life. Absolutely. Right? Especially yeah. like, yeah, those college graduates, you're like, it's really, if you're moving off to college somewhere, you are like now your own person. Now your own person. Yeah. Exactly. And whole, yeah, life has begun. Yeah. You, hopefully you know enough, you know, you've, you've experienced enough life, but you still have a lot to experience that you've never experienced. So it's like a really cool kind of moment. That's hard. That's kind of hard when you're young, isn't it? I was going to ask you, Pastor Kyle, if you remember when you were young. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But (laughs) when you were younger, I don't know about you, but, you know, you you can't see past your own age, right? And so it's hard to understand or believe that you really have so much life ahead of you when when what you know is the life you've had. And when that's like 17 or 18 years. Yeah, you've got a lot yeah, of life ahead of, of you. Yeah, you got a lot of life ahead of you. That's for sure. The other thing that we were we were talking about that kind of um, you you had this really cool story about your grandpa yeah. and the and the uh, magazine that uh, as far as I know is no longer in print. Yeah, yeah. Li- life magazine. Yeah, you you guys remember Life magazine? It was the idea behind it is that it shows basically like snapshots of life. Yeah, and it's very um, it's it's. It, the whole point was that it was like this real picture of, of life, particularly in, uh, in America. And so, yeah. uh, yeah. So there was kind of this surprise. I'll tell the story. Like my, uh, my grandfather is, uh, was a world war II veteran and, um, many years ago and, uh, he, he 
passed away long ago, but in the in the eighties, uh, my aunt, as the story goes, gave him a book for his birthday or Christmas. I'm not sure which. And it was like Life magazine uh, over the last fifty years yeah. or something. Some like highlight book, right? And so he's flipping through. My grandpa was a historian, so he loves this kind of thing. So he's flipping through this book, and he kind of said quietly to himself, "Oh, I wonder if it's in here." And my <laughs> aunt was like, "What? Like, we wonder if what's in there?" And then he told her, told my family for the first time that uh, back in 1945, at the end of World War II, uh, he was stationed in Japan, and um, and a, a Life magazine photographer came to their base and took a picture, and he was in Life magazine. Oh my goodness! He had just never mentioned it before. Uh, what? So, uh, so he told that story, and so my aunt made it her mission to find this magazine, yeah. which is now you know 40 years. Yeah. yeah past uh, print date. And so she scoured like vintage shops and thrift stores and antique stores for months and months and months, looked at every copy of Life magazine because she didn't know which one it was. And she found it. That's crazy. She found this image of my grandpa raising a flag in uh, in Japan in 1945 and uh, gave it to him for Christmas. It's an incredible story. He like was so touched and so uh, amazed. So yeah, Yeah. cool story. My grandpa's in Life magazine. Like all the grandkids now have acquired copies of that magazine, which is much easier now thanks to the internet. Yes, and uh, I've got it framed up on my wall in school. So that's that my life awesome. magazine that's story. So funny. Yeah. I had I also had a life uh, a funny life uh, like themed memory, uh, <laughs> which I I kind of exclaimed out loud when I <laughs> when I thought about this, and then I didn't tell you because no, I was like so I want excited. yeah I kind of want your uh, reaction uh, like. You know, not uh, not ahead of time. Okay, so, okay, ready. Um, it's just really silly, but like I remember having a conversation in college with some of my best friends about the idea of life, and then someone you remember Life cereal? I oh, think yeah. they I think they still make Life I cereal. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because they make like cinnamon life. Oh yeah, now, that's right. right. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> See, I'm remembering all this stuff. We didn't eat. It wasn't in college. We had Life cereal, but it was the cinnamon kind, like the cinnamon sugar. Yeah, kinds. yeah, yeah. So good. It's like eating candy. Absolutely. Best breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Best breakfast. Um, but my friend, uh, you know, we were at Christian college, so he would go around with um, bags of life cereal. <laughs> I'm cringing. I'm cringing yeah, already. It's so good. And he would hand it to people. He'd be like, I give my life so that you can have life. Oh, my word. <laughs> he's like, no. And then someone would eat. He's like, now my life is in you. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. And it just goes on and on. Wow. Oh, man. I give my life. I sacrifice my life so that you may have life. Only... At a Christian university. You walk around UW doing that. People would be like, what What are are you you talking talking about? about? They wouldn't even know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's awesome. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about the idea of life today. Yeah. Um, And actually, this is a pretty significant theme throughout scripture. Yes. From Old Testament to New Testament. Like every week so far in our series, looking at some of the major themes and words uh, found all throughout scripture, the word life is so important. Uh, as we think about God, as we think about Jesus, as we think about our relationship and uh, what Jesus does for us. And so it starts off right away uh, in Genesis chapter 2. Then it it says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So just right from the beginning, we see this kind of categorical difference between God and the created order. Yeah. And it's God that gives this breath of life to creation. Yes. God's own breath into this created 
being made of dust and then this being has life. I It's a, kind of an amazing verse that blows my mind. Like you yes. could just sit and meditate on that one for a long time. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, it goes kind of in, as you go throughout the creation story, uh, there's so many other things that are created. And um, one commentator said that, you know, God doesn't just redeem life or raise people from the dead, but every living plant, tree, fish, emu, and every <laughs> mortal human owes their entire existence to this life-giving God. Just, especially the emus. Especially yeah. the emus. That's a good job. <laughs> I just I love, love that that's emus. included know, in there. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happens, and I, I, I had mentioned before, Pastor Holly, that I feel a little repetitive in some of these weeks as we kind of walk through some of the the kind of larger story from Old Testament to New Testament. But it's really important that we kind of are reminded about this, that we yeah. know these things, we know these connections. So as we go through the story, you know that Adam and Eve, as they represent humanity, they, in this moment in the Garden of Eden, they take this life, even Eden. <laughs> I gotcha, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Eve in Eden, yeah. 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 <laughs> they take this life that was given to them by God, and then they essentially reject God and mm-hmm. say, thanks God for this life, we got it from here. Right. And in a way, they're trying to elevate themselves to that same level uh, of God. They eat from the wrong tree, yeah. right? Sin enters the world. Um, and what happens when this sin kind of breaks this relationship between God and humanity is that humanity is in a, is in a sense here disconnected from its source of life. Yeah. And then it does not go well. It, no, no, not for a really long time. I I think the I mean, first of all, this story kind of gets repeated over and over in different ways in yeah. the first uh, half or so of Genesis in humanity trying to elevate themselves to the level of God and saying, we are we are equal, we've got this, we can rule the world, we can do all these things on our own, we don't need God. Like that happens multiple times in Genesis and yeah. like chaos and destruction every single time. Yeah. And then uh, as you pointed out in our, our pre-podcast conversation, by, uh, by the second book of the Bible, yeah. uh, the people of God find themselves enslaved yeah. and completely... Um, lost. Yeah, 11 verses in to Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we see is the people of God uh, enslaved and, and their, the, the glory of the life that was given to them by the Creator is extremely diminished. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's, that, I mean, right away, Scripture is clear about what happens when you're disconnected from the source of life. Yes. Like the true source of life. We'll talk about that here as we go what is it that we are pursuing for as a source yeah. of life? Because I think that's a really important reflection um, that can be very practical for a lot of us, but how often do we take the time to be reflective about what it is that we're pursuing as a source of life? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so as the story goes on in Scripture, I was kind of caught by a couple of passages. So things are not going well for for, for uh, the people of God, disconnected from their primary source of life because... Mm-hmm of this sin issue, and it gets to the point where uh, we have this fantastic passage in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. It's, an, it's a pretty well-known one, uh, the Valley of Dry Bones, yeah. right, is how often people know it, but this comes from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 3, and, and this, I think, really sums up the description of Israel's disconnection from its true source of life. Uh, it says this, the Lord God took me, this is Ezekiel, took me... Uh, And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. 
He led me all around along uh, among the bones uh, that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Wow. Yeah, I just think of this moment. Uh, uh, and Well, he replies, he says, oh, sovereign Lord, I, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And I think about what this moment would have been like, and I wonder if Ezekiel is thinking about the story so far, God's people so far, what's happening, where they've been, what they've gone through. And I wonder if he just is in this conversation, he's like, can these bones become living again? I don't know. Like, things things are not going well, and I don't have the answers, God. (laughs) Right. I think the reason that this is a well-known passage is, um, and it has also been... um, the, the the focus of a lot of um, art over the years, yeah. a lot of paintings and a lot of music. There's a, a, an old spiritual uh, song that is uh, that reflects this passage. I think that the reason that that is true is because everyone can relate to this in some way. Everyone has like you, you probably had this sense when you read this passage or hear this of this valley of dry bones and this this. Um, image of death and desolation, and can these bones have life again? Um, Such like a that just yeah, yeah, that just hits everyone's heart. I feel like because like we've all we all know we all have had some experience where we say that that's I don't know I don't know if that yeah. can be revived. Right. I don't know if this part of my life or this part of my story can uh, can be restored. I don't yeah. know, God. It it as you're saying that and reading this passage, it just hits a lot of things in my mind. It it goes to the point uh, to to do we do we believe God can uh, answer that question? Yeah. Can can He redeem this whatever this is? Yeah. For me, even this, even right. this. Um, do it also uh, makes me think about the idea of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have hope for this area of my life, or do I even just even in a larger scale, do I have hope? in God's ability to come through or right. to do this thing or that thing. Right. Um, this is a powerful question that God poses to Ezekiel. Yeah. And do I have hope because I uh, I can see yeah. hope? Because uh-huh. I can see something hopeful, or is my hope deeper than that? Is yeah. there something in me that can hope even when I cannot see yeah. anything that looks hopeful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are good questions and things that we just want to encourage you to think about through this week. Yeah. Uh, um, and maybe as we're we're talking, there's there's some really clear uh, things that are coming to mind for you uh, in regards to those questions. Yeah. But then what happens, and I love this, is God answers this question that He asked Ezekiel. Yeah. And um, it's so 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 powerful because it's the same language that we find in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And so what it goes on here, and this starts in in verse 4, it says, Then uh, he said to me, that is, God said to me, Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to these dry bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I uh, I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, the, 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 
I wonder, yeah, again, I like to try to put myself into these moments mm-hmm. with like the, these human characters yeah. in scripture. And I wonder if, you know, God asks that question, can these bones live again? And I, I mean, I just, whatever it is that Ezekiel might've said, I can just maybe relate to the idea of this just deep sigh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then God just turns around and says, okay, now say this, I'm going to breathe that same breath of life back. And I'm wondering like what Ezekiel's experience is, is like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is what you've promised. Yes. Yes. I can't believe this is what you're going to do. That he'll do it again. Yeah. That, that God who breathed life into humanity from the very beginning will do it again. Again. Even though it was humanity that turned away. Yeah. And uh, turned away again and, and again, again and again. It's and a pattern. Caused their own death yeah. and destruction that God will do it again. Yeah. I also love in this passage that Ezekiel is able to say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's so great. And that God does not say, well, yeah. then if you don't know, or if you can't yeah. say, or if you don't do this or that, then I'm not going to either. God doesn't do that. No. Um Ezekiel says, I don't know. And God says, well, watch this. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So good. In fact, yeah. So we could talk so much about that. There's a, there's a lot we could, a lot more we could talk about the idea of, of the connection of life or, or God's presence and his people uh, throughout the Old Testament. Yeah. But we do want to kind of move over to the New Testament. Um, and one of the primary places to look for uh, the idea of life um, is in the book of John. Mm-hmm. John is such a great book and you'll find the idea of life um, all over the book. Yeah. And we kind of highlight um, in the message one of the most powerful moments of Jesus commenting on the same idea of life mm-hmm. and what he is and how he connects to the Old Testament understanding of that is found in John 11. John 11 is a story of the the raising of Lazarus. Yes. Which is a passage you deeply love. I do. I do. I love this passage. Yeah, there's just so much in it. Yeah. We could talk about it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we probably will. And we probably will, yeah. <laughs> so just a quick summary here uh, is that, you know, Jesus, uh, We w- what we know from Scripture is um, Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, they were friends of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just cool. Which is super yeah. cool. I liked it. I like that because that actually adds a lot of depth of meaning, at least for me yeah. in this story. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus is in Jerusalem and he's doing ministry and he gets word that Lazarus is sick mm-hmm. and he makes the decision to stay where he is for some more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, uh, Lazarus dies. Yeah. And so uh, Jesus doesn't get to Laz- the home of Lazarus, Mary and Martha until about four days after the death of Lazarus. Right. So, um, yeah, there's a lot we could talk about. Uh, the scripture is very clear about how Jesus feels about mm-hmm. this, that he also experiences grief and kind of suffers along here with his friends and Mary and Martha. Yeah. Um, Mary and Martha are very angry with Jesus, mm-hmm. and they both say to him at separate times, where were you? Like, right. you could have done something about this. <laughs> yes, they knew. They yeah. knew that Jesus could have saved their brother, and they knew that they had sent Jesus word that their brother was ill and that he did not come right away, and they were not happy about it. Yeah. Understandably. It's understandable. Yeah. Uh, and so in this, I love how in this moment of deep sadness and grief for Mary and Martha— uh, Martha is having this conversation with Jesus, and this is the conversation where Mary or Martha is like, "Where Jesus? Where? What are you? What? Where, what were you doing?" Like, yeah. and and I just I I wonder if they're kind of they're searching for answers, they're searching for hope, <laughs> they're deeply grieving, yeah, 
they're looking for a source of life. Yes. Right. Not only like literal life, uh, in that they thought that Jesus could have done something to help hear uh, right. Lazarus, but just for their own hearts as well. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that. Wow, this passage is so rich. I think that Jesus's conversation with Martha has um, has really meant a lot to me over the years in 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 seeing how the sisters approached Jesus in their grief. It's really interesting because Martha comes to Jesus and she wants to talk, right? She wants yeah. she needs words of hope. Mary's different. Mary doesn't yeah. ask to talk. Mary falls down weeping, yeah. and Jesus weeps with her. Yes, yes. But with Martha, Martha comes to Jesus first, and she wants to talk, and she needs words of hope and words of encouragement. And Jesus responds with these words of pure life, yeah. um, which I think is such a great example for us to follow in in the way that we talk to people who are looking for words of hope, yes. um, that we speak life to them. Yeah. And that's what Jesus does in a very uh, direct way. Yes. In fact, yeah. a very direct way. Uh, and this is one of the most famous uh, um, uh, miracles in Scripture. Yes. It actually gets Jesus in a lot of trouble. Uh, probably just, leads directly to his own arrest. It, it leads directly yeah. to his own arrest and, and eventual crucifixion. Yeah. So uh, what what happens here, we find in John 11, chapter 20, and 20, uh, 20 through 25. I'll read just this little bit. It says, When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, Your brother will rise again. Mm-hmm. And then Mar- uh, Martha, it's fun because she doesn't quite understand what Jesus is saying. And she says to him, yes, uh, he will rise again when everyone else rises at the last day. Right. Right. She's like, okay, I know. Yeah, You're I like get the, it. Yeah, I get it. It's almost as if she thinks Jesus is giving her empty words at that yeah. point. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Everybody's told me that. I've heard it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then Jesus, and then it says, Jesus told her, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus calls out to Lazarus from the grave, Lazarus, come on out of here. (laughs) And Lazarus uh, comes to life, stands up, walks out of the grave. So just incredible. Yes. So Jesus in this, I am the resurrection and the life. He he's connecting to that very same concept and idea that we find in Ezekiel and that we find in Genesis and Genesis chapter two. He is the God that breathes life into creation. And it's yes. not just for some future time. It is here and now yes. if you'll see it, yes. if you will receive it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. For here and now. And that's what we see that throughout scripture over and over and over and over yes. again, that God brings life now. And there's of course a promise of eternal life yes. too, but that's not even primary. Primary no. is we have life now. Yeah. God brings life now. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. It's so good. Okay, so here's where when we were joking earlier about like trying to be clear about something that's unclear, yeah. which is um, one of the commentators I, I read this week, uh, uh, it was a very helpful word picture, which is to say that God, when he gives us life, he doesn't necessarily just like 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 a, a dropper, like drop life on us or into us right. and then is separate steps back and is like, okay, great. You got life. Go ahead and go. Right. It's not like an assembly line. Okay. You're good. Yeah. You're you, good, got you're life, good. you got life. Yeah. That's not quite how it works is that the scripture's idea of life in God or life with God is more like 
the word picture that was used. Well, we talk about John 15, like mm-hmm. a vine connected to the branch yeah. or like a, a an umbilical cord, yes. uh, a baby connected to the life of the mother. Yeah. Like that is how we sustain this connection. It, it is, life is a sustained connection with God. Yeah. Um, and so the question is, how are we doing that? Right. And what are the things that we're pursuing as sources of life? And that that is the conversation for us that got a little abstract because it is abstract. It is, yeah. But very good reflective question because we can all pursue things that we think are life-giving that are not life-giving. Absolutely. Things that are other created things that are not the true source of life. Right. And so that's where that that can get kind of detailed and and we want to stay practical and helpful practical yeah. and helpful with this the question is are we connected to the true source of life or are we pursuing things that we think will give us life that are not life giving at all or not connect or not true sources of life yeah and that's going to be different things for different people but yes. i'm sure we can all think of things that we have pursued that are not life giving or that are that feel maybe temporarily um satisfying or fulfilling but are not in the long run and do not do not bring life. And this is an abstract concept. And I think that's yeah. okay to, yeah. to recognize it. That's what, um, that's what reflection is for, right? Anything yes. worth reflecting on, uh, or, or, or thinking deeply about is probably complex yeah. and, um, and, and may have some abstract concepts in there. That's okay. Yeah, um, totally. So I think, you know, we just, it's we, jo- all joking aside, like think about, I mean, so maybe like, you know, the cereal thing, the life cereal <laughs> thing is funny, but not, not quite the, the, the goal, uh, which the, the goal would be to be more like a vine and a branch, yes. right? I yes. love John 15. John 15 has been a, a, a primary passage for me for a long time. I used to have um, a professor who, I, uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, mm. um, who teaches at George Fox uh, university. I had him for undergraduate um, uh, and a lot of a lot of theological studies. He would always ask me this question every time he would see see me. He would always ask me, Kyle, are you abiding in the truth? That's a powerful question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, also a little of an, an, intim- an intimidating. Oh one. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, he was playful about it. We were yeah. playful back and forth. But I was like, uh, yes, y- yes, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. But I loved like. I just knew when I saw him and I would, I, he would ask me that question and it just constantly brought me back to this, this picture in my mind. Am I connected yeah. to God as a source of life or am I trying to do things disconnected and going on my own spiral of, of you know, disconnected destruction that we see right. in the people of God in the Old Testament? Yeah. I think one of the amazing things about God's love for and relationship with humanity is that God has given us the ability to, to stay connected to God or to disconnect ourselves. I don't think anything else can disconnect us, but we can make that we can make decisions that will that will can that can um, not separate us from the love of God. That's yeah. impossible. But that can um, keep us from um, from receiving that source of life mm-hmm. by pursuing things yes. that are not life giving, yeah, or yeah, by yeah. making God secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but nothing else in our life can pull us from God other right. than our own decision to do right. so. And I think that's pretty amazing yeah. that we have that choice that we can, uh, if we choose to stay connected to God and we choose to pursue that life giving, um, well, that source of life, there's nothing that can keep us from that. Yeah. Um, Praise yeah. the Lord. And and just as we end, we just want to just emphasize that this, this connection to God and to God's life giving 
presence and spirit in our life happens through our faith in Jesus. Yeah. Right? Jesus is the one that is connected to God that essentially opened the spigot, you know, and yeah. it's like free-flowing life, right? <laughs> I don't know. These Very maybe, generous and abundant, and there's, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the invitation to to faith in Jesus that leads to that ongoing connection yeah. with God is open to everyone. Yes. Um, and is so grace-filled that, uh, that he will continue, just like he did in the Old Testament, like he did in the New Testament, like he's done ever since, just yes. continually remind us that he is the source of life and yes. invite us to that connection over and over again. The question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes? <laughs> will you say yes. yes again and again and again? And uh, uh, that is our encouragement. <sighs> the uh, images of a cup overflowing yes. with life. Woo. Yeah, So good. Yeah, it's good. All right, well, have a great uh, afternoon and a good life. Have a great life. Yeah, yes. that sounds dire. Pastor <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, ha- have a good day, though. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. All right, okay. bye. All right, bye. bye. Thank you.